make peace with and accept the mom we are, the dad we are, and also accept the kids we have. I believe, full stop, that the way to change the world is in how we raise our kids. I think that even though you're gonna make mistakes, you are so enough. You are enough. Hey guys, I'm Young, a full-time dad and a full-time professional with the goal to become the best parent possible. The Girl Dad Show is my journey interviewing fellow working parents aspiring to be both good at work and parenting. I'm gonna do this by gathering and sharing unfiltered perspectives from my guests. So join me as I research parenthood one interview at a time. Robin, thank you so much for joining me on my show. Oh, thanks for having me, Young. I'm super excited to be here and super excited to talk to you. Let's jump right into it. So why don't you tell everyone what you do for a living? So I am a parenting coach and I come from being a really angry, overwhelmed, just completely stressed out mom to having found out of sheer desperation a way to connect with my kids to now helping parents do the same thing. And I have a son that has a lot of extra needs and that really kind of kicked my butt. And as a mom, you know, I felt right from the start that I wasn't good enough. And um, yeah, I've, I've, I've had a really rough mm. go, but I know that there is a better way and a new way and a way that we can thrive as parents and also raise our kids to be the best that they can be. So. I am so excited to talk to you because you are building what I'm trying to learn. Like, so it's awesome. You're going to be able to like educate me and hopefully teach me some things that I don't know. And sounds like you are definitely um, hyper-focused into being the best parent. You made it your business. Yeah. Well, I love that you're a girl dad because I'm a boy mom. Oh, awesome. We're <laughs> so... like equal counterpart. That's great. We got to talk about that as well too. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I love being a girl dad. I actually did not um, – um, want to be a girl dad. I was like, Oh, I really want boys. I really want boys. And then I, um, I love being a girl dad. Like I love being a girl dad. I thought the yeah. same way about, about boys. I was like, uh Oh, what am I going to do with these yeah. boys? Yeah. Right. Cause I'm such a girly girl. Right. So. <laughs> I, I yeah. totally like, I see like, um, a bunch of my friends that have boys and I'm like, wow, that's uh very different than my girls. Yeah, they have a lot of uh, propensity to break things and break themselves, and it's uh, really uh, really funny to watch the differences at the young age, right? Like my kids are really young. Yeah, <laughs> both my kids have had uh, uh, hospital visits that needed surgery, and that's so, amazing. Yeah, they do break things themselves. Well, tell me about yes. your kids. How old are they? And and what do you mean about like the trajectory? I want to dig into this. Yeah, tell me about your kids. Yeah, well, so so I have two boys. They're teenagers, mm. 16 and 13. And my oldest, he kind of he kind of came out this way. He he was the the kid where I went in, uh, you know, he was he was 11 days overdue. Mm. When I had an epidural, not to get mm -hmm. graphic, he went up instead of mm. down, right? That's not good, <laughs> right? So he was trouble from the yeah. start. And then when I had him, um I had to have a C-section and I couldn't couldn't nurse him. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't calm him down. He wouldn't sleep through the night. So he came to me like 
ready and kind of ticked off with the world, right? Already. And so it sent me down this shame spiral that I wasn't, you know, I couldn't, like, I couldn't even do the things that my body was supposed to be able to do, supposed to with air quotes, right? And, uh, and so... As as he grew up, we, we learn more about him, right? There there are some things that are going on with him. So he his brain is different. And he has ADHD, he has learning disabilities, mm. he also has obsessive compulsive disorder. And that's mm-hmm. no joke. You know, people will say it sort of, you know, flippantly, like, oh, that's my OCD. Well, actually, if you really have it, it is no yeah. joke. And so with OCD comes OCD rage. Mm. And he's also defiant. Uh, the word no is something he can't handle. And so I found myself yelling all the time and so angry. I just needed him to listen to me and he wouldn't listen to me. And I mean, I've never felt so angry before in my life as when I was first parenting and I was so depressed and went down this this deep, dark went into a really deep, dark place where I thought I might leave my family. And I maybe thought I might leave this earth too. Like that's how bad it was. And I needed help and I tried to get help, but I heard so many people tell me that it was my fault, you know, that I needed to do better. And that wasn't right. That wasn't true. And it wasn't until I actually found this peaceful parenting or conscious parenting where I finally had somebody say to me, like, you know, it's okay if you lose your center before your child mm-hmm. does. Like you can forgive yourself. You can go easy on yourself. You know, that also understanding why my child acts the way he acts is key to to being able to respond and not react. Just that understanding, you know, and I didn't know about brain growth. I didn't know about developmental stages. I didn't know about any of that stuff. And that stuff really matters. And I always say that parenting is the one thing, it's the one job we do that's the most important job we do in this entire world, but we didn't study for it. We didn't go to school for it. You know, we don't have mentors. We just have our parents. Mm -hmm. That experience is all we have. And so there that's why there's so much shame yeah. around it. And there's so many parents that say, well, I should know how to do this. Why should you? How should you? You don't go to Ikea without getting instructions to put up a that's shelf, right. right? And here's a human. Right. And yeah. you now have to make them thrive. And I'm going to judge you. I'm going to criticize you when I think you're doing it wrong. And it just, it was kind of hell. Yeah, and it's also really, really interesting that we don't talk about this more because I, I think... Um, I'll put my wife a little bit on, on, on here too. And, and she, she struggled a lot with this as well too. Like the imposter syndrome and like struggling to feel like she's adequate or doing it good enough and comparing herself a lot. I mean, I, I definitely struggle with it, but not as bad as my wife did for sure. Because she, she definitely um, went down some, you know, negative thoughts. I mean, I definitely struggle with in the sense of like what you just made the Ikea joke. It's like, wait, that's it. Like I have a, I have a kid and I'm like, you're sending me home. Like I there's, there's like some sort of training or some sort of like onboarding process. Like it was like, I'm like, wait, that's it. You know, like this is it. I was like, are you sure? Like, I don't have to like get certified or like, right? like there's no license for this. Like, yeah. Like I, I was very surprised. Like there was a moment I'm like, Oh my God, that's, that's it. Okay. So now I'm a parent. I'm a dad. I'm, I'm responsible. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. it was kind of a shock factor, but you're right. There's a really weird stigma around it. And I think it's kind of funny too, because not funny in the sense of like, haha, funny, but funny in the sense of like, it's so abnormal because if you think about, if you actually think about it, at least from my point of view, I don't 
think I've met that many people that have had no issues. I feel like I've I've met more moms that have had a lot of issues and dads that have had a lot of issues than I had people that are like, oh, it's fine. And there's all these things mm. that, that are like stigmatized around talking about it. That is so fascinating, actually, mm. now that I think about that. Why is that? I think I think for a couple of reasons. I think, you know, as women, especially, we're told all of our lives that we're going to be little mm. moms, right? We get baby dolls. We nurture these mm-hmm. babies, right? And that's part of our nature. We're nurturers, so that's not that far off. But we're told all of our lives that we're going to be moms, that we should be moms. And then when we are, it's really hard. Mm-hmm. And because there's this whole facade and this perfectionism that you know seems to exist around motherhood this fictional mother doesn't exist exactly this perfect mother doesn't exist but we feel like we need to raise ourselves up to this fictitious standard that again doesn't exist and we kill ourselves trying to be that we you know and the pressures that we face are you better bounce back from your baby body right away Right. You better have a child that has good manners and is well behaved all the time. You also, um, you know, you know, better be, um, you know, have a, have a great relationship and, you know, have, you know, all the things, you know, kids in, yeah. in the right clothes, like yeah. all of the things, right. The best schools, all the stuff. And most of us are working too. And all the pressures that come with that, it's so much. And then you go on social media and it's the worst. And I don't want to vilify that in any way. Oh, you can. But it's, it's the worst. Made, yeah, it's the worst. Yeah. Right? It's the worst. It makes me feel terrible. And even to this day, I'll see things like I mean, I remember when when my son was, I think it's 11, you can take your uh, home alone course. And I remember all these kids getting their home alone courses and, you know, just a day course, all these kids uh getting their babysitter certificates. I'm like, "Wow, must be yeah. nice." You know, like there's no way my son was interested, wanted to yeah. And it's too hard to emotionally disconnect and like not not compare. Like your natural human instinct yeah. wants to do that and it just makes you slowly feel exactly. bad about yourself. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And I think that there is so if I can just add Please. one thing. I think that what would really help us all is to make peace with and accept the mom we mm-hmm. are, the dad we are, and also accept the kids we mm-hmm. have. You know, I fought for a long time wanting to change my son, wanting to fix Mm. him. And I just need to accept him and I need to accept where he's at, who he is, and then see all of the other beautiful strengths that he has. Because he's not just OCD. He's not just a defiant kid. He's so much more than that. That's amazing. That's amazing. I love it. (laughs) That level of acceptance is really sage. I I think that... um... You're speaking right to me right now, and I'm sure you're speaking to a lot of people by saying that, but I definitely need to embrace that ideology a lot more because I have so much expectations on myself and uh, so many expectations for my kids, but you're right. Like, it's like, it's, it's about like just accepting uh, that you're doing, you're you, and you're also accepting that you're doing the best that you can with very little instructions, but I'm like dying of curiosity here. Can I ask you about your childhood? What, how did you grow up? What was your childhood like? (laughs) 
Yeah. So I, uh, I had a great childhood. I grew up, um, yeah, I, I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, so nice. I'm Canadian. Uh, grew, you know, born and raised here. My mom is German. She came here from Germany, uh, met my dad right away. He, you know, is, is Canadian. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, we grew up, I have a sister, uh, you know, we, we sort of moved around a lot, but all within mm-hmm. Vancouver. And, uh, I did have a dad my my dad passed away a few years ago and uh and so he was pretty domineering and was somebody who i think he had adhd mm-hmm. himself and so he wasn't a very good listener and that i know now was one of the biggest triggers for me is when my son wasn't listening to me, it was really me screaming at my dad to listen oh to gosh. me because in, yeah. it, you know the, the the paradigm shifts right and it becomes Like, okay, I have the power now. I'm in charge now. Now you have to listen Mm. to me like my dad was with me demanding, you know, of me and all that. And it wasn't until I realized, oh, that's actually, I'm trying to get what I didn't get when I was a child. Mm. And what we don't realize is how much those little injustices, those little infractions, those little hurts come back to impact us in our parenting and our kids totally unbeknownst to us will mirror back to us what we really need to heal because when there's a trigger that means there's some pain underneath that trigger right so but but in general my childhood was really great Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i i yeah i I love my family my mom lives with with oh wow that's awesome (laughs) And and what is she, has she like talked to you at all about like your parenting style and, and like what what she thinks about that? Oh yeah, there's there's some history there mm-hmm. for sure. Um, you know, I, when I was first a mom, you know, my mom could see that I was struggling, but I didn't really want anybody mm. to know. So you know, that's the shame part of it. She would clip out articles, like cut them oh out gosh. of the newspaper for me on yelling and why yelling was mm. bad and why it wasn't good. And oh, <laughs> so just sweet. broke my heart. I'm like, mom, I know I shouldn't yell but I don't know what else mm-hmm. to do, right? It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. And my son spent a lot of time with them because he was so hard for yeah. me, you know? And then I had my second son, so they uh, they did they, they helped If you don't mind me asking, uh, what was that second uh, kid like? I mean, because if you have such a difficult first, <laughs> what, what first off, what prompted you to have a second? And then what was the second kid like? Yeah. So true. Like, were we crazy? Here's mm-hmm. the thing. You forget, Mm -hmm. you do forget how hard it was. And, um, Aiden, my, my second one is the opposite. Mm. He is a gentle Mm -hmm. soul. Mm -hmm. He is such a love bug. And I, I always say to parents, and I believe it to be true myself, that you get Mm -hmm. one of each, you get the, the easier one and you get the harder one. And, you know, we always knew that we wanted more than one and, and we could see that it wouldn't be good for Parker, our oldest, to be the only child, you know. Um, and uh, and it, it was it was definitely a discussion, but um, yeah, we 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 knew we knew that if it was as bad as the first one, that we could survive that. Yeah, your plate grew. <laughs> Yeah, the, the amount you could handle just grew because of, yeah, yeah. of the experience. And people would tell us, they would tell us when you add a second one, it's like having four more. It was like no issue mm. whatsoever. It was like we still had the one because wow. Aiden was so easy. Yeah, yeah it was great. That's awesome. Yeah. And then yeah. so when did the um, transition happen from 
um, building this business? Like, so when did that happen to being a parenting coach? Through the the journey of finding the the, the way that I wanted to mm-hmm. parent and the way that I wanted to connect with my kids, I I, I ended up hiring a parent coach and I, I went to this conference on parenting and, uh, uh, and there were these parent coaches and I'd never mm-hmm. heard of that before. And they were all over me because I was a total mm-hmm. mess. And, yeah. uh, and then I, and then I thought, okay, you know what? After this conference, I felt so inspired. I was like, and I said to my kids, I am never going to mm-hmm. yell at you again. You guys, I am never mm-hmm. going to yell. And five minutes later, I didn't, yeah, totally. Like I didn't have, I didn't, I didn't know really how I knew that I wanted to, I knew that I had more peace, you know, but, but I absolutely didn't have the tools Mm -hmm. or the knowledge, right. Or the solutions to actually get me to Mm -hmm. this new place. So hiring the parent coach was the game changer Mm. for me. It, I, I, the transformation was so unbelievable that I couldn't deny it. And I knew that I had to do it. And so I come from marketing. I come from, you know, doing marketing in my corporate career to this. And so it was around 2017 that um, I I was able to transition into doing this full time as a business. That's amazing. Mm. So cool. Yeah. So can I ask what made you you stop? Because that couldn't have been an easy decision financially or professionally to stop doing corporate marketing to you know, being a entrepreneur, right? Cause you're essentially switching stability for instability for lack of better <laughs> yeah. words. Oh, you got yeah. that right. Yeah. There's no yeah. doubt about that. Luckily, um, the company that, that, that I work for, um, they were doing a, a big restructuring. So I, I got a buyout. So they basically funded my, my business for a year you while I, it. you know, still, got my salary. So I was really lucky, but I felt like it was sort of divine intervention, yeah. you know, really that it allowed me to have that. So I'm really lucky because that's not an easy, I don't know how I would have done it. I would have at some yeah. point, but I don't know how I would have without yeah. that. Yeah. So it's just like timing was very serendipitous for you. It sounds like it's yeah. almost sounds like the world was telling you to do it. And so you said, why not? Let's do it. Good for yeah, you. That's 100%. great. And I, I knew, yeah, I knew that I wanted my life to matter and I wanted my life to be in service yeah. of others. I always knew that and marketing wasn't cutting yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It didn't wake you. Yeah. You didn't wake up at night going marketing like that. You didn't do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and I was selling hamburgers. Oh yeah. Got right? it. I was like, for, for, for a pretty big, uh, pretty big hamburger company you might've yeah. heard of. Okay. Cool. 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 <laughs> okay. So now, now you're painting the picture for me here. That's great. Um, so what are your, what are your, uh, uh, parents and uh, or your or at least your mom at this point and your kids think about and your family think about you doing this this parent parent coaching business. Oh, you know, it's really sweet. Yeah. Actually, they love it. Like my oldest son is so proud oh, really? of me. It's so That's sweet. Great. Yes, and he. Um, yeah, he tells people what I do mm. and, you know, Aiden wants to work in my business. No way. <laughs> Which is so cute. Yeah, he does. They, yeah, so he's like, what can, can I work for you? Wait, he wants, um, he wants and, to be in parent coaching? Well, I don't know what he means by it. I think what he means is like, can I help you with some of your videos mm. or can I do some of the stuff? Like, he just wants to help me. Um, yeah, and 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 Parker is, he's, he's pretty cute. And so I want to tell you, I'll just tell you this really cute little story with Parker. Um, so we had this appointment, um, at a pediatrician's office and it was 
awful. Parker was in a really bad place and uh, he was telling the doctor that I lie. He was kicking my chair as he was talking. He was angry. He was volatile and I was embarrassed and I was like, and this was as I'm a coach, mm-hmm. right? This was all of this. So I'm living it as well. It's not like, it's not like it's night and day here. He still is who right. he is, right? And I, I just have to parent him in this way, which absolutely helps. But anyway, he, he was he was in a really bad place and I was so embarrassed and we left the office and I I was just I just was like straight staring down the hallway. Uh, he's like, Mom, are you okay? Are you okay? And I'm like, um, I can't talk right now. I need a minute. And he's like, um, are you mad at me? And I'm like, I can't talk right now because I was very yeah. angry. And he said, Okay, hold on, mom. I'm gonna do what you do, okay, mom. Can you tell me what you're feeling? And I said, well, I'm feeling embarrassed. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling sad. And he's like, "Mm -hmm, (laughs) mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, okay, mm mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. So literally, he had heard me on the phone with my clients. And he was doing the same thing to me. Oh, wow. That was a pretty beautiful moment. But did that that help close the loop for him? Like, in in how he, he made you feel, or...? Yeah. I mean, we definitely were able to reconnect after that. Like yeah, that was that's like, like crazy amount of empathy for a kid to be able to ask those questions. And then I, I mean, I, it's awesome that he's mimicking you. Right. But like the reality is yeah. then that sparks the questions. Right. And sparks the understanding and hopefully closes the loop. Because the thing that I find the hardest and maybe you could give me some free coaching here. The thing that I find hardest <laughs> about parenting is teaching empathy. Um and like, how yeah. do you actually do that? Like, how do you actually teach a kid empathy? Right? Like, besides like role modeling yeah. it, right? And maybe that's all that is. I'm not really sure, but I should just ask the question yeah. and keep my mouth shut. So yeah, how do you teach empathy? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So so first, you know, it, it, looking at that situation, to me, the headline is that our kids are not their behavior. Mm-hmm. Like, I know who he really mm-hmm. is, you know, and and that's that's what I anchor in. Um, and so in terms of empathy, I think you have to understand a couple things. One is that we often aren't taught empathy. Mm-hmm. You know, our parents didn't necessarily give us empathy because they didn't know what it was. And empathy at its simplest form is you just being able to put yourself in the shoes mm-hmm. of another person and see the world the way they do, whether you agree or not. It's not about you. It's just you seeing the world through their eyes. And so I think we kind of have that basic idea. But then... We don't know the words to say for empathy mm-hmm. either, right? So, um, so this, so, so there's that piece about what empathy is. Then you have to look at your child, and you have to understand their brain growth and where empathy lives in the brain. And so, I'll use my hand uh, as this is the hand-brain model. This is Dr. Dan Siegel that has has done this. It's not mine, but what it shows you is a pretty accurate, a pretty accurate model of the brain. And so. My wrist, up my sort of my my arm, my wrist up to the palm of mm-hmm. my hand is the brainstem and cerebellum, and that's where our children are born. They are born here, and this houses survival. This is breathing, circulation, hunger, but it's also fight, flight, and mm. freeze. And then inside is the amygdala. And so our babies are born down here, but then they move up here and they live in their amygdala, which is the emotional center of the Mm -hmm. brain. So they live here until they're seven years old. And that means they see the world through emotion, but because they don't have the top part of the brain here yet, the outermost part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, they can't 
understand it, they can't articulate mm. it, and they can't um, deal with it because the prefrontal cortex houses the most important stuff. It houses empathy, compassion, emotional regulation, uh, impulse control, the ability to, to think ahead to things and calculate risk and different things like that. And so if your child is doesn't have, your child doesn't have a fully grown brain, so that means empathy is gonna be hard oh, for them, wow. right? So all you can do is show them empathy, teach them empathy, and they will, by the teaching of, by, by the modeling of empathy that you've given them, they will then learn mm. empathy. But our kids are very self, um, you know, I don't want to say self-centered, but they, they're, they're trying to survive so they can look selfish. They can look, you know, different, different ways. And when we label that, we don't actually see what's really going on. And then we see our child as this label and that takes us so far away from empathy and compassion and curiosity, mm. right? That's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah, I, I had no idea um, about those uh, physiological developments and timing. That explains a lot, actually. And I'm kind of like, it, does. it really does. It's really important information. I mean, I don't know why I don't know that. I feel like I should know that, but I don't. And that's really fascinating. But how could you? Yeah. If there was a course that you were required yeah, to take <laughs> that I also teach, by the way, um, you would know those things because that's the first thing I start oh, wow. with. And uh, and 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 by the way, that prefrontal cortex it doesn't it doesn't finish growing until mid twenties. Mm. That's why your teenagers do dumb things. Mm. That's why when they're at college for the first year or two, they do dumb things. You know, they're able to to think and have the forethought and all that kind of stuff, the rational thinking. But it's not fully developed mm. yet, but it will be, right? And so that's why when we see our kids, and you said yourself, you have expectations for yourself and maybe expectations that's for right. your girls. You've got to keep that in line with their development and also know that sometimes they just need more time. Like I look at my son who's 16 and I think, you know what? We got 10 more years. We got 10 more years of brain growth. You're going to be just fine. Mm. You know, it lets me relax. Yeah. Cause when you look at the macro or at least the, you know, the force from the trees, you're realizing these are all just like milestones that they're going through uh, in their own way. Yeah. Right. And it's just physiological development and you really can't yeah. control that. I mean, you can, but you really don't want to, right. Cause the reality is like, you shouldn't put so much pressure on controlling it because the reality is that they're going to grow through these developmental stages with, with or without you, whether you wanted to or not. Yeah. Right. And controlling it there's no, there is no control. You can try. And I tried, but I made myself absolutely miserable and sick. And I had, I didn't have connection with my son. You know, I, I the love was there, but the deep connection and relationship wasn't mm -hmm. there, you know, and that's what carries you on. You, you know, your kids are not just with you for 18 years. They're, they're with you for yeah, life. That's right. And I know so many people that have bad relationships with their parents. Yeah. Because the parents continue to parent them or run their own agenda or judge them or criticize them, put them down. And our parents' opinion matters to us. And that, and as an adult, you, you think, okay, mom, dad, I'm good. I, I have a mortgage. I have a family. Oh, I have a wow. really good job. I don't need you telling me what friends to hang out with or that you disapprove of X, Y, and Z. Like, that's, oh, you're not yeah. invited anymore. That is so funny. Right? That is so funny. You're absolutely right. We got to be really focused on the elements of like parenting as the kid becomes an adult. Like that is so funny. Cause 
I had that exact yeah. thing happen to me um, two years ago <laughs> when I started when I decided to quit my job and start my consulting business. I called my mom to tell her that I was gonna um, um, do this and uh, you know the the idea behind it, and she's like, you know, well. I think you shouldn't, you know, you shouldn't do it, or at least let's like think some more about it, and like really, like let's 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 spend a couple more weeks thinking about it before you actually do that because it's kind of risky and da da da. And I'm like, oh, mom, I think there's a miscommunication here. I'm I'm not calling to ask for permission. <laughs> I'm calling to know. I'm going to tell you that I'm doing this. I'm I'm like just notifying yeah. you because you're my mom and <laughs> I'm making a big life decision. <laughs> she's like, okay, well, let's just keep thinking about it. And she just like didn't listen to me, and I'm like, oh. uh, Mom, I'm uh, I'm a I'm a 40 year old man. <laughs> like, 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 yeah, like I yeah. have two young kids and, and a mortgage and, and all that stuff. And I'm like, this is like I'm 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 already doing it. Like it's already the decision's already been made. I'm just bringing you along for the ride. And it's just like not nothing bad, right? I mean, I love my mom to death. She's a sweetheart, but like, just she just doesn't like. It's just she, she can't turn it off. She can't turn off the fact that she's my mom. Yeah, and she's like fear of like me failing my business and fear of like doing something that's not stable and just making sure that I'm safe. But it's funny because you say that and I just realized that like I'm like, huh, that's a really funny conversation because I still yeah. think I hung up that phone not like thinking that she understood that I was doing this anyways. <laughs> like She still thought like we left like with her still thinking that we we're going to think about this more for her approval. <laughs> you know, oh, that's it is very that's cute. So cute. It's really cute. And, and I mean, she seems she really is sweet. sweetheart. She seems really, yeah, yeah. Really she's, sweet. yeah, she's the sweetest lady yeah. you've ever met. Very, very emotional. Um, huge yeah. heart, right? Like, yeah, very, very, yeah. very um, loving mom. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah, a little oblivious, but yes, very, very loving yeah. mom. Yeah. But the reality is, is that we do have to adjust our roles in our kids' lives at some point. And I know it's yeah. hard to do, but, you know, once we get those teenage years, when we understand what the teen years are all about, which is them moving themselves away from us, but it's a confusing time for kids and for parents because our kids need us, but they don't want us. Right. And so it's like, hug me, but don't touch mm. me, you know? Um, and so it's confusing, but that's when we need to take the cue to back off a little bit, let our kids experiment air quotes, um, you know, with taking risks and, you know, uh, you know, just different things, but you do it with, with safety, obviously in mind too, but we have to back off a little bit, let them fail, let them oh fall gosh. on their face because it's their life. And if you don't let their life path unfold in the way it's supposed to for them, you're really doing them a disservice and yourself in their relationship, because what they'll do is they'll stop talking to you. They'll stop sharing with you. They won't want to be around you. And I know nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. So you have no choice. You have to step back and just be there as a mentor instead and say, look, I'm here for you if you want my opinion, if you want my advice, if you want my help. I am always here for you. And you just let me know. Yeah, it's so wild because like when you say it like this, it's so obvious, right? It's so obvious that you have to go through these stages as they develop and grow and the relationship has to change and the dynamic has to change. But it's like there's nowhere where – one, most people don't go through those kind of like trainings. It's like it's a lot like situational leadership, yeah. but you go through like when you go through like management training or executive training, but like how to like switch gears from someone that you need to like train and like manage versus someone that yeah. becomes capable and then you can start like backing off and delegating, right? Because then it's like counterintuitive to micromanage someone that actually knows. You know, there's like this transition you have to do with people. Yeah. But it's the same thing that you have to do with um, your kids as they get older, except 
no one's training you on that. No one's telling you that that's what it is. And do you have those skills to even transition yourself and change yourself to adapt to the kids to be the best parent that you can be for them? And then also, where does that knowledge come on when that happens, right? Like, even at the more specific yeah. level of development, this is really, really helpful um, for me personally to hear this because it's actually a way that a, a way of thinking about parenting that um, is much more specific and tangible. Like, it's something that I can actually do something with, yeah. like, immediately. So thank you for that. That was awesome. You're welcome. Well, and it's interesting that you equate it to leadership and management because I think what makes a really good leader makes a really good parent and what makes a really good parent makes a really good mm. leader. In fact, I work with companies to help them with their employees who are parents mm. and the the lessons are universal, right? You know, listening, yeah. curiosity, uh, those are two really huge key qualities of a great leader and a great parent. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. And yeah. I can see the parallels quite often. I mean, not to like, and I hope none of my clients take this uh, personally because I do a lot of business coaching, right? But um, I will say that, you know, um, in business, it, it's a lot like parenting. It, it's a lot like parenting. And, you know, people still have those same needs and wants and stuff that are unresolved and they, they have trouble explaining themselves yeah. and whatever that may be. And a lot of the crux of the problems when it comes to business is not actually the mechanics of business. It's actually people. Um, you know, getting people mm. to align and be, be um, uh, sim- I don't know, just, just comfortable with themselves and being able to move forward. And so um, it's so true. And I love that you do that as well. Can we talk about your business for a second? I, I'm actually curious. Yeah. So I, I'm getting a sense of like why you jumped to this career choice. And I'm getting that the you had the, you know, divine intervention to a certain degree. And it's almost like the yeah. world telling you that you have the opportunity to go do something that you're passionate about. And I'm also getting the sense that I understand how you think about parenting now and the evolution you've made personally as a mom and now to a parenting coach. What I'm still curious about is how do you qualify success as a parenting coach? What does that look like? What does success as a parenting coach look like? Well, I think it probably is different for each coach. For me, it, um, it's the amount of people I'm able to help. You know, it's the amount of people I'm able to work with. Uh, I believe, full stop, that the way to change the world is in how we raise our kids. So, gosh, I, I don't even stop to think about, you know, what is success. I just keep going because I know this message is so important. Mm. You know, it's great for our kids, but it's great for our the families, the communities, the economy. It's great for business, which is why I've kind of pivoted into this business, uh, working with companies and talking to professionals because, you know, we're seeing with things like the great resignation that, you know, it's the parents who are leaving because they've been hit the hardest. You know, of course, our healthcare workers have been hit the hardest. No, I know what you mean. In terms of that sector. And, you know, 43% of women will leave their careers when home life becomes too complicated. But we need those women in the workforce because what they bring to the workforce in terms of, you know, their ability to problem solve and multitask and listen and have compassion and those sorts of things, they make a great workplace. They make a workplace work. But if they're leaving, you know, what a shame. And so if we can keep them and we solve the problem of the incivility that they're having at home and create a a calmer, less chaotic family life, then they can show up to work 
being more resilient, being more rested, being more focused and more productive, which therefore is good for the company, the economy, and the community, yeah. right? They're, inter, they're intertwined, yeah. right? So um, so I'm pretty passionate. Yeah, yeah I can tell. <laughs> yeah, you're like talking about like big, big, your goals are much bigger than mine are. I love it. You're, I, I know, you're talking world. about it at an yes. economist level. This is fantastic. I, I definitely was not expecting that and I'm very excited to hear that. And I'm like very inspired here. I'm like, yeah, let's go do it. Um, but I, I do agree with you. I think that there is um, a lot of benefit in, at the very least, having a diverse set of contributors in a workspace being better than having a one-sided kind of like thing. So even if it's just for the sake of having that um, point of view represented is very, very important. But I also do think that there is a lot of parallels between the two things. And so um, I also agree with that aspect as well. And then how you stitch it all together. That's, that's all you girl, you, 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 you go for it. I got your back. <laughs> I'm, I'm here for it. I love that you qualify it by getting the message out. It sounds like you're insanely passionate about this. And that's yeah, really, I really, am. really cool. Very, very cool. And there's nothing better than to see a parent say, oh, oh my gosh, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. Or, oh, that's all I have to do? Yeah, that's all you have to do. It's that one little I, tweet. I will tell you right now, live in this podcast, I've already had two of those moments where I'm just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, that's that's changing the way I literally am thinking about everything that I just happened this last week even, right? Oh. So. Uh, I know it's not it's oh, not the world, but at least that. in one dad, you've already made two impacts like that in this oh, last forty five minutes. So, so very very good. Um, okay, cool. So uh, let me let me keep this let me keep this train moving because I do want to make sure I'm conscious of time and and uh, and I get to my yeah. uh, rapid fire questions here. But if you don't mind, I'd love to uh, switch over to four questions that I love to ask. Well, actually, now I made it five, so we'll we'll, we'll stick to the five. But uh, I, <laughs> I switched it from four to five a couple of uh, episodes ago, so. Um, but I want to ask you the same questions I ask every guest so we get some symmetry to the conversation, okay? What advice do you have for other parents and soon-to-be parents? To let go of your expectations and just accept what is. Just accept what is. Stop being at war with this present moment. Stop being at war with it. Just accept. Love it. That's awesome. You started with it and you closed with it. That's great. Very good. So at least at least you're uh, consistent. That's amazing. At the very yes. least, out of everything we talked <laughs> about, yeah, else. that's awesome. If you can go back and tell yourself one thing before having kids, what would you tell yourself? I think that even though you're going to make mistakes, you are so enough. You are enough. That's so nice. <laughs> So emotional. I'm gonna cry. Just knowing your story. Just knowing your story now, I'm like, oh my god, that's actually really good. Ah. <clears throat> okay. All right. I know this is supposed to be a really lighthearted parenting podcast from a dad's point of view. You're like turning this into an emotional fest here. Yeah. Okay. Good. It's good. It's good to have emotions. Yeah. Let's get it out. All right. What is the most surprising thing that you've learned about yourself uh, after becoming a parent? <laughs> that I'm uh, that I am very uh, routine and very regimented. I thought I was flexible and free. Not oh, at all. Wow. Not at all. I'm not spontaneous. I'm very wow. set in my ways. That's awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. That's a really interesting yeah. discovery. So it's almost like you had this like <laughs> facade. That you put out until you got a, became a parent, and then you realize, no, 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 that's actually not me. Yeah. 
you have a. I don't know. Maybe I went from outgoing to a hermit because I'm a little oh, bit like yeah, yeah. You or know, it impacted I, you. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So on the business side, what's your favorite all time business? What's your all time favorite business book? Oh my all time. Oh, Think and Grow Rich. Oh, cool. That's a good one. Yeah, I haven't read that in a couple of years. Actually, that's really cool. I like mm-hmm. that. I should. Amazing. It is amazing. Um, thank you for sharing that. That's a good one. I'll have to, I'll have to brush yeah. up on that one. And then my, my newest one that I'd like to ask is, uh, what does Robin do when she's not being a super mom or a super parenting coach? Yeah. What's, what, what do you do for fun? What's your um, pastime? Um, you know, I'm really lucky. My husband is like my best mm. friend. We just love each other so much. So um, just being together with him uh, and of course the boys, but my husband and I, we just, we just like to hang out. We go for walks. We go, we, we go out to eat a lot, just the two of us because our boys are older now. So that's really our happy place. Oh, wow. Date nights. That's so great. I yeah. like that. That's very yeah. sweet. Awesome. Well, Robin, thank you so much for being on the show. I had so much fun and I learned so much about parenting. Um, probably more than I, but yeah, this was awesome. Like I, I learned a lot about the physiological aspects of parenting and just like a lot of the concepts. And I really, I really am really, really uh, grateful for the knowledge that you've been able to impart upon me and for how much you've elevated. I'm laughing because you've elevated the quality of my podcast just by showering, showering the show with actual like knowledge about physiology and child development. And like, it's so funny because I have a parenting podcast, but I don't talk about any of that. Right. Yeah. So it's wonderful that you've just like, you know, just like added some like, you know, academic cred to my podcast here. It's so great. (laughs) Well, I'm so happy. Thank you so much for having me. You are so lovely. And I love that we can have like such a great conversation that's fun and light, but also meaningful. Like that doesn't happen very often. So I want to thank you. Oh, thank you for that. Well, I look forward to staying in touch. And um, I, uh, again, thank you for your time. And I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Thanks so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Girl Dad Show. We really hope you enjoyed that interview. And as always, please take a moment to review, rate, and subscribe. We'll see you next time.